The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. It's the uh, forever. It's the Canadian Red Bull. Yeah, and um, it's it's fine. It's just another energy drink to kill yourself with. Lots of sugar. Yeah. Yeah, probably. It, it's tastier than coffee is to me this morning. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Beaver tail. I remember being better tasting energy drink then. Though I don't drink energy drinks anymore. So you should move that move closer to that mic, man. Yeah. When you're so far <laughs> away, the voice sounds little, and I have to boost the bass. I'm gonna go right That's fine. Here. Boost the bass. Yeah, like man. This. Right on top of the mic. Get it. See the we. I got the hey, cameras going. Um, I don't know if this is going to work, uh, but I'm whatever whatever it turns into, I'm going to post it on YouTube. Hopefully it does because I'm going to flex this whole time. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm far too lazy to flex for that long. <laughs> That's like a workout in and of itself. Flex for an hour. You know, my old man. My old man used to tell me as a teenager that if you really want to, if you really want to work on your abs, you gotta flex your abs as much as you can constantly all day long. Just don't even like go to the gym. Just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was. I he, can see that because you are pretty much exercising the muscle itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's a little bit I'm of a far too lazy to. I'm yeah. I'm I'm not committed enough. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I managed to stay thin. That's good enough for me. Yeah. Well, you're weird that way, though. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen how much you her age genetics. Her <laughs> age <Yeah>, genetics. <laughs> I used to think that way until I started eating Chinese food on a daily basis. Oh, Chinese food is amazing. It was oh, about eleven years ago. I, started, <laughs> I, I had I had a class where I walked by two Chinese fast food Chinese restaurants. Um, one in a cafeteria, one in a like a food court area, and yeah. another in a kind of a mall outlet thing. But um, and they were fantastic. They were horrible, but they were tasty. And so I'd, I'd eat Chinese food once a day, at least. At least once a day. Yeah, that'll yeah. do it. And I... That'll definitely make I heard you that, that MSG, yeah. <laughs> MSG actually triggers something that, that uh, causes your body to store fat, too. They did studies right? on mice where they gave me... And it doesn't, MSG doesn't actually... It's a chemical. It doesn't like have any fat content or right. whatever. But they fed uh, mice the same diet. Um and gave one MSG, and the ones with MSG uh, gained weight way faster. So that's cool. Yeah, but MSG is good. MSG good. is in Tim Hortons. No way. Yeah, that's that's one of the. Uh, that's not Tim Hortons, but oh, is it? No, it's second uh, cup. It's second cup. That's better. Yeah, yeah. MSG Whatever. was one of the. Uh, I don't care what it has in it. It wakes me up. Um, I don't know if it still is, because. The last time I heard about that was 2011 or 2012, but I wouldn't doubt it. 
Yeah. Oh, you're the one drinking Tim Hortons. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's why. <laughs> Look at that cleavage. That's why I got boobies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, a couple things I wanted to talk about today. Yes. Obviously, we have uh, Grant. <laughs> Grant. Garth. Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. Um, Garrett James from uh, Renders Music hanging out with us today. Um, Joey, of course, you're always here. Mm-hmm. With the ex- exception of once. That yeah. You were not. Because um, I had to train. That's right. And I know. Sorry. I had to sit in a room for five hours being told things I already knew how to do. That's Yeah, it. but you needed, the, you needed the stamp of approval. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, whatever it, it, it allowed me to get a four-day weekend last uh, week so <laughs> um carrie uh one of the co-managers with um something mechanical um she's renewing her uh, massage therapist license something and she's going through this testing process to get insurance credibility or Oh. Credit, accreditation or whatever it is. Sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like the same thing. Like she needed to do all this testing to just to prove to them that they can pay her insurance. Hmm. Or she can make insurance claims or her clients can, yeah, whatever. So things I wanted to address today. Um, uh, I went to uh, an Alberta Music City's uh, luncheon yesterday. Yeah, I've been wanting to go to one of those, but this it's usually at times that I can't go. But this was lunch yesterday. I work. Oh, do you work Mondays? Oh, right. You you, you moved to Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah. Off. Oh, that's right, too. Hmm. Oh, so uh, how was it? Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was okay. I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of luncheons like that anyway. Yeah. Um, it always ends up being people that I kind of know. Kind of know. And... I'm not a good group conversationalist, you no, know. Just, um, once I sat down, once I sat down at a table and my table filled up, that yes. um, I started having conversations with with all those guys. Um, I sat with uh, Wes and Wes Inabra. I think his name is Inabra. He's um, he's a vocal coach in town. Okay, um, funny guy. Uh, I sat with Taryn something. She is involved with the Jubilee. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I sat with Rob Smith, the uh, CEO of Royalty Records. Had an interesting conversation with him, cool. which I'll dive into. And then I sat with uh, the two Brads from no uh, Velveteen Audio. <laughs> yeah, right they, they were asking about you, Garrett. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> They wanted to know why you weren't there. I didn't have an answer for that. Well, I told you just before. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. <laughs> we can't say um, that. And, and I had a, I had an interesting conversation about how they how they manage their studio time. Oh, cool. And one of the big differences between what they do there and how they manage it and what we do here um, and the extra complications that we have here. Um, so anyway. Yeah, curious to know that. The, uh, the conference, though, not a conference, the luncheon slash workshop they, they they made us do like a like a 15 minute brainstorming session at the end of it um, okay That's so what the, uh it was alberta music cities is a new organization I'm not 100 sure what the structure of the organization is but it, it's alberta music cities.ca i'll try to remember to put it in the show notes um they launched their website on friday <laughs> so literally just four days ago 
Um, and, and yesterday was their first, they're, they're probably doing, yeah, they're doing a luncheon today, um, in Calgary for, uh, for the new one or sorry, uh, as their second stop. But this was their first ever information luncheon and it was kind of a gathering of people. Uh, and I think they said there were 55, 60 people there. Um, a couple of MLAs, uh, uh, a lady from Ontario that's that's working in a group similar, um, but in Ontario. That's actually kind of interesting. And 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 it sounds what they're. It sounds like the core principle of what they're trying to do is they're trying to create some sort of um, industry association for the music industry as a whole in Alberta, and and that includes music venues, artists, right. um, record companies, recording studios. Um, publishers, managers, just, just an in, an industry association organization. Just, this yeah. is not um, like I saw that the email came from Alberta Music, but this is different from Alberta Music. Um, well, it came from Alberta Music Cities. Oh, which is which is different. That's that's the that's the pilot pro, pilot or the name of the, the name of it. Oh, just I th- I thought I saw Alberta Music logo in there, and maybe there was it's so sponsored. It, it is sponsored by Alberta Music, and they oh, are okay. working closely with Alberta Music, right? Because Alberta Music used to be called Alberta Music Industry Association. I found out at the uh, at the event. I was talking right. talking to the Brads, of course. Um, and it, it it was. I don't know why they went through a name change just to Alberta music. Um, but they are associated with this new, but they Alberta. are, they're associated, but not the same organization. But it's not the same. Right. Um, so they're working, working, working closely, together. but um, anyway, the idea is, or the, the, the fundamental idea is they want to be able to establish some sort of, some sort of concrete um, industry data and organization that they can then take to legislatures or legislators, um, MLAs, or you know, all the people with power and influence, um, so that they can they can actually affect change and affect you know something something as simple like like there is all I don't think there's a single municipality they were talk, they talked about the specifics yesterday but I don't think there's a specific municipality in Canada that has music venue as a legal type of business and every music venue that we would consider a live music venue is either a bar or a restaurant or something else but there's no classification for a music venue wow right so it takes it takes that's why that's why a place like the aviary is having so much problems getting started um and and all these other startup places that want to be venues and not a bar. Excuse me. That's why they're having so much trouble. Really? Yeah. And 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 they have been for years. Like this this is nothing new, right? Um, Ontario on the Ontario version of this, and I don't remember what they're called, but um, they have been dealing with this specific issue. They've been in talks with the Toronto City Council. Are they called city councils? I feel so dumb right now. Um, they've been in talks for over two years working on this very thing. So it's it's a lot of long-term investment, slow change to have these kind of policies instituted and changed. And 
so, and updated, right? So make it easier from by from like a legal standpoint for these venues for live venues to right. You know, and, and 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 that's just one example of the many right. of the many issues, right? Um, anything about uh, the um, where funding goes? Um, there wasn't any talk specifically about funding. Um, it was more of like it was more of a of an information gathering type right. of session. Um, but they weren't throwing around like new ideas of like you know instead of giving X amount of dollars to all these grants or whatever, there might be other better ways of spending. Well, and, and that's certainly something that came up in the, in the brainstorming sessions. Yeah. Um, every table kind of led its own brainstorming session and they just collected all the, all the ideas at the end. But, um, but there were, that was certainly something that we brought up at our table. Um, because it's, it, you're right. It is, it is something that is, that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Um, because right now, right now, at least in, in our industry, in the recording side of things, funding doesn't go to studios. It goes, it's, there's only funding available for artists. Yes. Right. Anything that, that we're available for is entirely business related, um, which is, I don't, I don't specifically have a problem with that, but a lot of the, a lot of the funding that artists get leaves the province. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, now there, there's, there's the Alberta Foundation for the Arts makes sure that that doesn't happen, um, but they have allowances for special cases where it still does. Um, factor funding and Canadian Council, uh, Canadian Arts Council funding, they still can go anywhere in Canada, uh, and and then again, there's special fund, there's special cases where it can leave Canada, but right, but there's still. You know, there's still a funding issue, yeah. but there's lots of money out there. There's what? Lots of money. There's out lots there. of yeah. There's lots of money out there. I don't know. I just had this thought last week that like, like the millions of dollars that are going to just like individual projects and stuff. I just think that there could maybe just be more, more, a little bit more centralized. Like I don't know. Like like it, it surprises me that there's all these, you know amazing buildings for the center of the arts and the arts and this and that. But like right. I said, there's no building made for hosting live music by that would be something that, you know, right. Know. Well, and, and, and something like something like that would certainly open up, um, or takes, takes, um, social awareness change. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Social awareness and change, like things like that, that would actually, or, or even like small, you know, government funded record labels almost that would help, you know, not just the recording happen, but help with the push and help with, you know, right. stuff like well, that. And, 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 and that's, those are, those are things that the, you know, advertising the, to the public, local music, <laughs> like yeah. that would be huge. That's something that needs to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and, and there, that was one of the, one of the big takeaways from, from this luncheon was for me, there was just the laundry list of things that need to be tackled is humongous. Yeah. Right. And it, it, it's little things from, um, for, uh, like, like musician only loading zones in front of venues. Mm -hmm. things yeah. things like that that other other cities have Edmonton doesn't you know Edmonton other cities have that, yeah. yeah apparently apparently they have something like that down in 
down in in um, Toronto hmm. um, or in Vancouver or something. Um, Makes sense that yeah. those spe- specifically those two cities would have something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I might be wrong on on the cities, but there was definitely um, some one of the big cities in Canada that had that had something along those lines. Uh, but it, it it was you know things like like that to to funding directly for arts related um, arts related organizations. But there's also the, the 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 side of it that that most of most of the arts related organizations are businesses that that survive like. Us as recording artists, recording technicians, we live off of the arts, right? Uh, that's our business. Yeah, harder to harder to walk the line of of do we get funding versus do we make profit, right? Yeah, you know, so things like that. That they're nice they, if they had like a startup kind of funding thing. I think for yeah. people wanting to start studios and stuff. Well, and, and as nice as that would be having gone through that, I'm glad that there's not <laughs> no word of lie. Cause there's, if, if there was funding, let me start that again. The number of studios that have started and closed since I've been open in like seven years. Oh yeah. Well over a hundred. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm, I'm not saying it should be easy for people to get that money, though. No, but there's but there's other programs right there. Like like you right now, as a almost thirty individual, mm-hmm. you qualify for um, entrepreneurial loans that come at fantastic rates uh, that will help you, and and the organization will help you build a business plan that I don't qualify for anymore. Because I'm over the age of 35, mm-hmm. you know. There's, there's the, but both of you, I guess, right? Um, there's those kind of those kind of things exist out there to help businesses actually get started, and that's that's one of the kind of the fine lines between should there be special financing for arts related business, or should it be growing like a like should it be still remain in the entrepreneurial zone you know yeah i'm i'm i i strongly believe in the in the entrepreneurial side of that that being said i'm strongly against anyone else opening up studios (laughs) no No, i I think there's there's, there's too many i agree i agree (laughs) well specifically studios other people wanted to become producers or sound techs for sure but and I'm even happy to help out with. Like, oh, that's another right. Just yeah, just I think it's awesome. But I think, but I think one of the things the industry association wants to achieve is we don't have a sense of industry, and we don't really have a sense of community. Like artists kind of have a sense of community, but um, arts-related businesses, especially in music, don't really have a sense of community. No. You know, and, and, and there's little pockets of community, like, like I'm trying to build a little pocket of community here with the engineers that, that rent this place out. Um, and they're trying to do the same thing over at Velveteen, you know, and, and Stu over at, over at Sound Extractor, he's trying to do the same thing, but it's little tiny pockets. Excuse me. And every once in a while, something like in 2012, I think it was, there was a, 
recording recording studio or recording whatever uh, mixer at Bricks, and it was just anybody that you that you could think of that was working on the recording side of things was invited to this mixer and just there was it was a big it was just a big uh social gathering of engineers which was awesome a lot of met a lot of people um met a lot of people that i that i thought highly of and then didn't anymore there were a few <laughs> it sucks of those. when life does that eh? <laughs> happens all the time yeah but but that's a big that's a big idea that they want to they want to accomplish is create totally create a sense of industry so that um so that it feels like the like we're part industry, of a yeah. like, like we're part of a community working together for the betterment of the community rather than strictly individual totally just as yeah as long as it stays community and not cliquey <laughs> and that's always going to happen right yeah Especially in the, and this is one of my concerns with the music industry, mm-hmm. is there's a higher, there's a higher level of pride and ego in artists and art related professionals than in any other industry that I've noticed. Oh, totally. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some other, some other industry comes along and challenges this, mm. but I, I I think. Other industries are out there to just make money usually, and that's kind of their attitude. If it's making money and it's worked, then that's you know, then that's that's <laughs> the way that their attitude will go. But yeah, you know, as artists and people related to it, it's not the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we learn to. Yeah. Well, and, and and so that's the uh, oh the other big thing that they wanted to tackle was um, there is very little understanding of the financial impact, the the economical impact of the music industry um, at a provincial or um, federal municipal level. Yeah. They have, they have a good idea federally what the impact is because I don't know. They still pass really weird laws that musicians then have to like, be like, you just ruined uh, like, what was it? A couple years back when they were doing that, anti-immigration law where like if you come into Canada yes. you needed like a visa and every member of the band had to pay X amount of dollars yep. and it was it was threatening well, that, uh, the that tour circuit of Canada that wasn't new that was just a, just an increase in in, in, in expenses yeah. yeah which is going to make sure. bands not come to our country and thus you know build networks that allows Canadian bands to get out of the country and make right. money yeah so and and that's and that's absolutely right. Like that, uh, not understanding the the economic impact at every level. Um, that's something that that these guys want to want to create a database that that keeps track of this kind of information. Or database is probably the wrong word, but they they want to keep track of this information and be able to present it to governments at every level so that they can say, here is how this impacts and here's a projection of how the changes we are requesting in case A, case B, case C will impact that economic growth. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were using uh, 
Australia apparently has a ministry in the federal government that is called the Live Music, um, Live Music something. That the whole point of that ministry is to focus on the economic impact and growth of live music in Australia. That's awesome. Right. And it's part of the federal government. Um, London, the city of London, UK, they generate $6.5 billion off of the music industry in London. And that people, might just be live music. People in come London. to see concerts. And, 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 and it, it, the tourism that that, that, that creates right. generates so much. And, and Other. I think the number they were throwing around, it was for every, for every dollar spent, um, on, on a ticket, on a ticket. Yeah. Uh, there was $1.7 spent elsewhere totally. in the city. And that might be hotels, that might be restaurants or uh, other entertainment spending, right? right. But it, it's a generation device. Absolutely. Yeah. And Canada is just behind on... on um, <laughs> uh, Brent Oliver was there. And he, um, I don't know if you guys know who Brent Oliver is. I reckon his name. He saved me long ago, probably 20 years ago now, from um, embarrassing myself in front of bad religion. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was running, I was opping, not even, not even talking on air. I was just opping um, CJSR for a couple hours while they were missing somebody. Bad religion walked in for an interview. I'm like, I know fuck all about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been, yeah, that would have been 90, 98, 99. Crazy, dude. And he was recording in the CJSR um, studio, not the, not the on-air booth, but the studio. And, uh, and I'm like, dude, I don't know anything about these guys. Can you come in and interview? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. cool. Anyway, he's much older now. Um he was he was talking about the power that he used hockey moms as as his example, but the power of hockey moms um, going up to going into student council and saying, "We need two more sheets of ice, and we don't care that it's going to cost forty million dollars each." Rah rah rah! Because there's you know four hundred of them standing outside the city council door, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and and. The music industry, as an industry, doesn't do that. Oh no, no, because they wouldn't come together so easily. But that's 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 the thing is they want people to come together so that and exactly so yeah. they can do stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool. And the more that they can, yeah, the more they can, the the more benefit. Totally, and look at I mean, and, and the amount of fundraising. Just hockey moms as as an example, the amount of money that they can fundraise. You know, coming mm-hmm. together to do it. And, yeah. Just because they're, you know, yeah, crazy. Good idea. Anyway, so I, I was, um, I don't want to say I was motivated, but I was certainly curious to see, I'm definitely curious now to see what becomes of this, where it goes. Sounds interesting. It was. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time this afternoon tracking down some email list to get a part of or some member thing to sign up for. 
just so I can stay abreast of it. Um, cause I've largely been a hermit when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I feel like I should know at the very least I should be, I should be reading emails and news stories about, about this kind of stuff. Just yeah. To stay, yeah. To stay I mean, up on it. Right now. Totally. I and mean, it's, it's amazing once you do kind of get your head in that mind frame, just the kind of like ideas and inspiration that you can get and you just, you know, changes your, right. Your thoughts and, and you can start thinking of new ideas and, Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, looking forward. Yeah. Um, does that motivate you at all to to what to get more involved? Probably not. Eh. I'm involved with the local scene quite a bit already. Like I'm just my job alone. I'm helping out all the the production companies and. Everybody who's putting on a show usually. What do so, you do? Who do you I work, work at Long McQuaid. Sweet. And I'm in rentals at the South Store. So like a lot of production companies come to my Sweet. location. I might be seeing you on the 10th if you're working. Or sorry, the 8th. <laughs> if that's I not a bagel. Tuesday or a Wednesday, then it's I'm probably there. Yeah, I'll be there. No, no I'll if be it's a Sunday, up, then I'll be picking right. up on the Thursday night. Thursday, oh. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll be there. Okay. I don't know if I'll be... It seems like Thursdays, all I do is answer everybody's questions on how to do rentals. Oh, it's busy down there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's super busy. So. I like, I like, went in like knowing, I always go in knowing exactly what I'm not going to ask, like exactly what I'm going to get, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's, you know, if everybody was dropping off their stuff and, and uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard to like, I felt bad like getting a guy to help me because they were so busy. <laughs> but. <laughs> It happens. I hate rentals. I hate everything to do with rentals. I like Law McQuaid because it's actually pretty, like, affordable. Absolutely. Uh, I guess that's the only thing I don't hate about rentals. I dislike that I have to rent things. Sometimes, yeah. I I, I used to rent stuff for free work. I still do sometimes. Oh, really? (laughs) I, like, pay to do it for free. (laughs) Yeah. I think I was spoiled by being on the road with my own PA for uh, so long. Not that it was a long time. I mean, four or five years, but. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the guys I help out, they all have their own PA. They only ever come to Long McQuaid to get like those extra things that it doesn't make sense for them to actually own because they only need it once every two months or something like that. Right. I uh, I just ordered a new mixing board, one of the uh, Personas. It's the 14 channel, but it has 14 USB ins and outs. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a mixing board or whatever. I'm going to awesome. use it to do mobile, I'm, I'm mobile sessions. I'm loving those newer boards that are coming out that have those. Like Yeah, and it's actually 14, and I think it even does 96,000 hertz. I think. 96K. 96K, yeah. but yeah, it's... Uh, it's going to make my mobile situation a lot easier if everything works out. Mm. And I think it's it, the it, like the monitoring on it is like it's mixing board monitoring, so there's no latency. It's just like you can run right. it like a live mixer and then just to, you know mix the yeah record the tracks. Anyways, I just ordered that. Speaking of Long McQuay, that's that's what I'm waiting <laughs> on every day. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, um, that actually. Um, that leads me into the next thing I wanted to talk about. 
I want your guys' opinion on this. I am looking at replacing the uh, the multiband compressor that I have, which is a software unit, and it's just not as flexible as I was hoping it would be. And I'm and I haven't been as happy with the workarounds that I've come along with it. And so I've been looking at um, replacing it. No, no, you, you what multi-band it. compressor? Um, so I, I have the TC Electronics um, Finalizer Express, mm. um, and it's got a it's got a matrix function that um, that allows you to select from sixteen different um, presets of of uh, ratio and threshold. I think it is. Maybe it's ratio and attack, but. Excuse me. It's got it's got uh, sixteen different presets, from pretty pretty mild to pretty aggressive. But I don't like the crossover points. And the crossover points are fixed at. You can't move them around. You can't. Uh-oh. No. And it's fixed at three fifteen on the low end, and three point one five k on the top end. How many bands? Just three. Cool. Yeah, and I I like. I like what it does for the most part, but it's just, it's just not as flexible as I want it to be. And I'm, and I'm, I'm so used to, I'm so used to the isotope, uh, multiband that gives me unlimited flexibility. Right. I, uh, I got that neutron isotope neutron plug. Ah, nice. Yeah. Isn't so the, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you showed it to me and then I was just kind of curious because I was looking into, I don't have any, uh, I don't know with the mic. You're not, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> okay, let's just shove it in. So I've been using, I've been for the last six months, I've only been using, um, uh, uh, plugins modeled after old analog gear. So I never had any like uh, spectrum a- analysis in any of my stuff. I didn't you know, use any of that stuff, but I wanted to kind of try something new. So I was, oh, yeah, I was looking between, um, yeah, I mean like fab filter and basically came down to the isotope stuff and I, I went with, tried the neutron. And so that's my first time actually using a multiband compressor. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, and, uh, I really like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I really enjoy... Did you get the advanced or the basic? Oh, I think I got the basic, you know why? It's because... Cheaper. Well, it was cheap. Yeah, it was cheaper, but even if you only want to use the one thing, then you can still turn off... Yeah. You can turn off each in, like uh, each instance. Instance, yeah. In, in, and yeah, and, and, and uh, initiate, you know, the zero latency and whatever. And I think there's not much difference between that and if you were to just... Yeah, the advanced, the advanced just... It allows you to break them out into individual plugins. Individual plugins, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, I, I, I like it a lot. Sweet, yeah. cool. I, I, I kind of like the look of it, especially when you switch the, uh, the metering to, to the uh, VU Octave, metering. Um, the VU meter in the for the compressors. Yeah. Oh, for the uh, one vintage mode. Um. Well. It, is it just vintage mode? Is, is is that a specific mode? Maybe I'm. Are you talking about the compressors? Yeah. When it goes to the. Yeah. 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 So and it gives it different characteristics. If you okay. go, if uh, if you go to vintage mode, then yeah, it goes to like a classic VU meter, and you can still do multiband compression with that, or you can go with like the modern. Actually, shows like the analysis. Oh yeah. Like the uh, the picture, or whatever. Um, I don't like that mode. That the, much. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. The vintage mode. 
No, the one where it's like yeah, showing uh, yeah, Should how much you compression you're getting at any yeah. given time. Yeah, it's it, a weird one. It's yes. it's really it's really nice to see that information once in a while and to understand what the compressor is doing. And you can see the difference in like right? the, the the like the attack, how fast it comes down. Yeah. Like you can see, yeah, it's good for that for sure. But I do, I definitely do prefer um, not looking at that because I don't like the look of it. And and it, it it makes me at the end of the day, it makes me use my ears less. Yes. Right. Um, what about the auto gain setting? Do you guys use that? I don't ever use it. No. No. I occasionally will use it until I decide that it's not doing what I want it to do. Yeah. That's another thing about about this hardware unit right. that I don't like is its permanent auto gain. Right. And it's it's just. Are you talking about that? What the one that's on there? The uh, right above. So you're right thinking about the replacing that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, I've I've been I've been kind of avoiding it the last couple of months because I'm not as big a fan of it. Mm. Um, I mean, it's a really nice kind of slap it on at the end, see if it does anything, kind of kind of thing. And sometimes it sometimes it sounds <laughs> sounds good. The the soft clipping that it does is really nice. Oh, cool! And it's got a it's got a fader on it and lots of different in and out volume adjustments, but it's just not my, uh, not you, my preferred way, way of working. Um, it's kind of like moving back to garage band. Yeah. <laughs> where it, 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 here's one option. Here's second option. You can't really change anything. Right. Yeah. I don't like that. No. Yeah. No, I find having flexibility for me anyways, it's a great learning tool. Right. To be able to have control over everything and hear what the, what's happening. Well, and, and and to understand what each function does. Yeah, and to understand what. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, I've been looking at two different units. Um, I've been looking at a uh, that that new FET multiband compressor by Drummer, uh, the nineteen seventy three. It's um, very simple multiband. Uh, attack release settings, um, threshold, all step recallable, um, uh, crossover points that uh, three bands, but crossover points that are not stepped. They're they're um, easy to find what you want. Has a mix mode, nice. so you can you can blend in the multi band into the original signal. Um, and then, of course, bypass and all that kind of stuff. You can turn each band. You can mute each band so you can focus just on, you know, if you just want to focus on the mids, Solo. just focus on the loads. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and, of course, it runs stereo or mono. Um, no individual controls for for dual mono, but, um, but yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's one I'm looking at. The other thing I'm looking at is... I stumbled upon the, uh, have you guys heard of a company, HCL, Handcrafted Labs? They're a, they're a company that does hand-built stuff out of the Ukraine. Um, they have a pretty good reputation for most of their stuff is like hardcore tube um, and all handcrafted. Um, but they have a very moo. That uh, has really, really 
intrigued me. Do you, uh, do you know what Verimu is? No. no. Joey, you describe it best. What a Verimu is. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. All <laughs> <laughs> right. What What do you know about it? What do you know about Verimu compression? Because you're like you're a Verimu lover. He's pondering. Mm. If If you're watching the video on YouTube, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. I know, but you've been quiet for a while, so I figure I can do that. Very uh, so, cool name. Um, Joey will look up a proper description, but yeah, Verimoo is unique in in as a compressor. It uh, it actually uses the tube itself as the compression element, oh. so it doesn't saturate specifically, but it but it um, it has kind of non uniform um, compression characteristics that are thought of as warm and gluey and oh. really vibey. Oh, cool! And that's the that's the thing is is there. A good Verimu compressor will add a ton of like mojo and togetherness at the same time. They're mm. the exact opposite of a clean compressor. Right, 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 right. Um, Lots of characteristics. Yeah, and they're from what I understand, they're more of a they're more of a program program compressor rather than a transient compressor. Okay. So they'll they'll compress your your chorus rather than rather than the drum hits. Yeah, it's not. Okay. So, yeah. it like a- so what it is, is it's an opto compressor? Not an opto compressor. Yes, it is. What? It is. You're using a high gain, low distortion tube, tube, right? For a softer knee, opto style compressor. Like that's what it is. Uh, but, it's, but it's, but it's not, it doesn't have an optical, it doesn't have an optical cell in it to do the compression. But it's used. It's like opto compression, though. Fair, fair. But it's it's much uh, much less uniform. Yeah, I suppose. And much more colored. Oh, it, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If if you're a if you're a tube warmth lover, it is. They're kind of like magic boxes. Wow. And what yeah. is? And these are made in the Ukraine. This particular one is made in the UK. There's there's some that are made in the states. There's some that are made in the UK. Um, they all have they all have lovers and haters. Right. Right. Um, they're not thought of as a fast compressor, like a FET. Yes. Eleven seventy six type of thing is is really aggressive, really fast, yeah. um, or can be. Yeah. Um, slow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so cool. so I'm I'm looking at 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 the two. Yeah. And I'm just you know. I'm just wondering if do I because I don't need a very mood compressor, but it would be a really nice it would be a really nice touch to things. You know, it, it would it would live on my master bus. Um, everything would run through it. <laughs> everything. Everything. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not really aggressive music, but um, but everything. Is that a blend knob? Um, you know what? I, I don't remember if this one does. Hmm. Some of them do. Most of them don't. So you have your eyes on one. I do. There's, there's one sitting on eBay that, um, I think new they sell for like four grand and this one's sitting there for about two. Damn. Yeah. Um, including delivery, but not customs. So. 
right. we'd see where that goes. But um, and the uh, the multiband compressor, the drummer that I've been looking at, sells new from um, Studio Economique for about two grand. Wow, probably twenty one once you factor in GST. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to hear either. If, well, uh, if you <laughs> <laughs> um, do, you have a like. If you were forced to make make that choice right now, which one? Oh, would I, you? I, I'm I have no authority to say which one would be better or not because mm. I'm not really. There's no such thing as better. There's oh, no yeah, such yeah, thing yeah, as yeah. better. It's I, just a matter of. Oh, like, I'm I'm interested by the uh, very move for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Joy. Both. <laughs> I can't afford both. Well, and I don't, I don't have space in the rack for both. You can make space. I, I know I could, but I'd have, <laughs> I'd have to sell something. I don't know. It, they're both useful. Yeah. The first one's probably like more um, transparent. The multiband. Yeah. Well, it's it's fat. Yeah. So it'd be more transparent. Well, yeah. That, that it, compared to the very move for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. That might be more useful, more versatile. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. You you call me a very mute fan, but I'm a kind of a fan of all the styles of compression. So it's true. <laughs> That's true. Um. Yeah. The, the, the multi band. So VCA. Yeah. Fair enough. The multi band is definitely. Um. um it's definitely would be more used because I, I, I literally would use it on every single mix. There is no yeah, single mix. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, like, like my default, my default mix is to put a multiband on my band bus and then set the vocals on top. That's, that's just my default. Really? Yeah. Um, so where do you put it? You put a multiband on your band bus? So yeah, I, I group all the instruments to one bus. Right. Um, or funnel them down to a bus, yeah, and then I I run a multi band on it. Not doing right. a lot without the vocals. You mean without so, the vocals? That's right. Oh. And then and then I set the vocals on top, right? Um, and then I'll sometimes sometimes I'll put a multi band on the vocals as well, right? If they need it. Like I just finished a I just finished a super weird dance cabaret type of thing, where one of the singers is singing, the other one is whisper singing. And and there's so many layers of lead vocal, and and not just like let's stack a whole bunch together. It's like this one comes in, and then this one comes in, and this one comes in, and then it just bouncing back and forth, and it's just a mess. Anyway, it needed multi band compression to make sense of it because there was so much going on and and so many different leads that I couldn't I couldn't make one lead sound good and then pocket everything around it. Right. Awful. I'm still not happy with it. But um, so, so sometimes I'll put a multi band on that. But I would only have one multi band for um, for the uh, for the analog stuff. So it would probably live on my band bus, and then I'd just get better at EQing for my for my vocals. Cool. But yeah. the very moo, the very moo would just live at the end. And make everything sound better. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Joey's like, no. <laughs> That's such flawed logic, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
just make everything sound better. It's the magic. That's what they say. Um, this partic- it's magic because it goes through a tube. <laughs> <laughs> this particular one that I'm that I'm looking at the HCL. It's called Very S. Um, Ferris, they call it, but uh, it's the reviews say it has slightly. It slightly enhances the high frequencies as you run through. Okay, which I figured would be a, at the very least to be a good match for my mixing style because I tend to mix pretty dark. I, I remember you talking to me about that. Yeah, um, Jamie Sitar. Whenever I send him mastering stuff, he always always writes back and. Not always, often enough. He writes back and says, dude, this is a really dark mix. (laughs) (laughs) On top of asking me, can you fix this? Because that's terrible. Yeah, I've gotten those too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you're you're more intrigued by the multiband? I think it'd be more useful. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely get more... I definitely get more hours out of the multiband than the uh, than the very very moo very moo very yeah. moo <laughs> yeah yeah so shouldn't that dictate what you purchase right there then yeah you know you're you're absolutely right that's the better that's the better thing um yeah shit I hate when logic gets in the way of Cool, crazy. <laughs> so when you say you put it on your master bus, like keep it on your master bus, and then you're mixing everything through it. That's right. So you run your your mix it through your analog bus. There, you mean like? Yeah. Well, do I, you have a, like an analog chain that you use and mix through? My typical my typical typical analog chain that I've been using lately is um, uh, I start with, and I'm going to change this because I. I wanted. I want to change this some, but I, I've usually started with the optical compressor, the Joe Meek. Then, oh really? Yeah. Like how much compression on that? Really light, one or two decibels. Yeah. Um, and then I would go into um, the Neve EQ, the eighty-eight hundred three. Right. And that's where I would, you know, enhance some highs, filter out some lows cut out some mud out of the low mid if it's there that kind of stuff this is a mix bus not a master right. chain well yeah my mix bus yeah yeah um but I, I that's kind of the way i approach it anyways is i mix and i get things sounding together and good and then i start and then i start processing my master bus right um because you know certainly by the end i've lost a little perspective and the, I can usually correct a lot of that at the master bus. Um, and I mean, maybe I should be doing it different, but that works for me. And I think of the, any, any processing I do to the master bus, I want to enhance what I've already got going on. Right. Whereas if I, a lot of guys will start with an EQ and a compressor on their master bus and they mix into it. And there's nothing left to enhance at the end. They have to, I agree. They, they yeah. have to have gotten it all. I'll, right I'll do end. a little bit of mixed bus compression, but I won't add EQ until it's a little until things are going right. Yeah, or any excitement or anything like that. And then, then from the EQ, I run into uh, I run into the 160 SL, the VCA, which 
Joey doesn't like VCAs. Yeah, it's not that I dislike VCAs. It just of the all, all the styles of compression out there, VCA is my least favorite. That's very fair, actually, because they're the most common. They're the least forgiving or the least creative. And they're just kind of boring compressors, really. Yeah. Whereas the other styles, that they all color to some extent. The VCAs, not so much. They're kind of... Yeah. Well, uh, it, it depends on the electronics in the boring. VCA, but... Yeah. In yeah. comparison, they're, they're a boring-sounding right. compressor. Yeah. And Although this podcast is running through VCAs. Yeah, whatever. We're boring people. That's that's true. <laughs> Maybe um, we're so excited we don't need to be colored. <laughs> <laughs> Either one or the other, I can't decide. Um, that said, I still have plenty of VCAs at home. Yeah? Yeah, yeah right? That's kind of your foundation of your analog stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you do, do, you do good work with them. When you use them. Yeah. yeah. I don't use them very often. You need to do some more work. Hey, do you want, um, so I finally finished, um, yeah, I fi- we made the decision. I- I'll get the multiband. That's the smarter investment. All right. So what were you going to ask me? Um, I have finally finished editing, um, that big edit, that big editing project from like seven, eight years ago. Oh yeah. I uh, finally finished that and I'm ready to start mixing. Okay. And I've got the multi tracks ready. Mm-hmm. Do you guys? Either you guys want to crack at it? Do you want? Sure. Yeah. Just give you something to do. Yeah. Okay. I'd be curious to see what uh, what comes out of it. <laughs> what, kind well, of, what kind of? What kind of? Uh, kind of like simplified prog. Yeah. Nineties um, rush type of thing, uh, except not as good. Cool. I'll take a crack at a song. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna mix the entire thing um, on the console. It's not there won't be a digital plugin that touches it. Cool. Um, I shouldn't say at all, but I'm gonna try to stay away from the digital stuff entirely. Are you re- releasing this or something? Or? I am. Okay. Yeah. Well, because the um, I didn't release. So this is this is my. I've been trying to be cryptic about it, but this is my own band from uh, from 2008 to 2010. Cool. And we recorded an EP in the early 2009, which we released end of April 2009. And so I'm remixing and re-releasing that, re-editing too, because the drummer was, I had no idea how sloppy the drummer was. Um, And then we recorded an eight-song record. Eight songs? Yeah, eight-song record um, at the end of 2009. And I'm... I've re-edited and will re-release seven of those songs. Cool. Yeah. I I wanted to do the same thing with some old. I can't. I I I, I tried to get a hold of the guy who might have the uh, the session files, but he. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have them. But that was 2007. That was the first release I did with mm. my old band, and then um, they're definitely. We did a we did an album in Kentucky in 2013. It's not even that long ago, but I definitely will want to try doing the same thing it's still four years ago right still four years ago yeah 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 and i mean it was a it was a big it was all our best songs we put a lot into them but i think the studio 
they just, I think they were just too busy and couldn't put the, the right amount of time, time to, in. yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and I, and I, I want to do this stuff. <clears throat> I want to do this stuff just so I can, I can be done with it. Um, right. Like I, I just want to be done, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but mostly, um, I'm going to use this as like, I need to do a full work over with the, uh, with the analog system to make sure that it's, that it's firing on all cylinders. And, right. and while I've been doing some completely analog stuff, I want, I, I, I want to start doing more and get to a point where most of the, that's cool, man. most of it is analog. Yeah. Yeah. That's Which cool. is going to be tough. It's going to be tough because recall is going to be a pain. Yeah. But I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Now I'll have to get better. You have to use my time better. Um, Just learn how to do it all at once. Well, and, and I usually do anyway. Yeah. Like I usually, even digital mix, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll get, I'll bang it out. Yeah. Bang it out. Yeah. And then I'll come back a couple of days later and be like, uh, I want to change this little thing or I want to change that little thing. But I fully expect to do like a lot of, a lot of the big engineers we hear talk. They'll do all 10 songs on a record and then they'll come back and redo the first two or three. Just as a common thing. Just right? because where they were at the beginning, they've evolved since they started. Yeah, yeah, and and not um, not because they've involved as mixers, but they've learned more about the project and what the project needs. Oh, totally. Right. Um, yeah. The uh, the country album I'm mixing right now. I did I did one. Spent a couple of days just getting everything done on one song. Get one song, whatever. I just spent a few days listening to it, and the last night I went and changed everything just because yeah. I wasn't working with it. Oh, okay. So you guys, you guys will appreciate this a little bit. So the studio has been secondhandedly nominated for five Josie Awards. Woo! I know, right? <laughs> uh, so the Josie Awards are, um, it's a Nashville Awards um, thing for independent artists um, outside of genre. And so the album of the year, um, single of the year, uh, vocal collaboration of the year, um, country single of the year, and there was something else. Oh, uh, male artist. Nice. Yeah. Does you have a link? All the same artist? All the same artist. Yeah. It's uh, oh, Steve Newsom. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. So they've been, they've been nominated for five awards um, for the, the, the EP, right? It was just a five song EP, but. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super stoked about that. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm 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 gonna I'm some way I'm gonna find a way to work that into the website. Nice. Yeah. I gotta talk to uh, my videographer buddy. Those guys wanted to do a video out in the country. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I I felt really bad for um, for Sean. Um, Sean is their uh, sound guy. He, he's sound their regular type. sound guy. Yeah. But they didn't let him mix the Rainmaker on the weekend. They hired me to do it instead. The Rainmaker, Rainmaker Rodeo. Oh, you did that? You recorded it. I returned uh, all that I gear yesterday. It. What do you mean? Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, like that you sucked. Went, did, you did the live sound for it? I did the live sound for it. Yeah. They didn't let Sean do it. They hired well, me instead. I mean, yeah. I felt bad for him. But... I wouldn't feel bad for him. <sighs> all right. <laughs> Thanks, Garrett, for being here. Thank you, Joey. You showed up. Oh, sure. show up. I know. <laughs> uh, that's it. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for G Radio and everything Follow else. Follow our hosts on Twitter ah! at 
two bodies of water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.